because of Labor Day weekend, we'll be not having any Sunday night activities tonight. That includes the High School Illuminate Youth Group, the Aftershocks Middle School Group, and Bible Memory. But we are finally meeting next Sunday night, the 12th. Hope to see you then. Church offices will be closed Monday the 6th due to Labor Day. So if you'd like to contact the church in any way, we ask that you wait until Tuesday the 7th. I'm excited to announce that Young Adults Group is back. We are meeting this upcoming Tuesday, September 7th at 6.30 in the youth room. We hope to see you there. This message is for all of the ladies. Bible study is back. Starting Wednesdays at six o'clock, there will be a ladies Bible study that will be meeting every Wednesday led by Mary Ellen. If you'd like to be a part of this group, it's simple. All you have to do is order your book and come every Wednesday night. If you have any questions about this Bible study group, you can contact Mary Ellen or one of the elders' wives. Today is Transition Sunday for the Children's Church Ministry. So that means if your child is a part of Children's Church that happens during the sermon, there's gonna be a possible transition that they're gonna be going through. For example, if your child is in Faith Builders class, but now they're five years old and they're gonna be in kindergarten, they're gonna be switching to the kindergarten class starting today. If you're confused or need help with this transition, just go to one of the Children's Church helpers and they're gonna be ready and available to help you with that. If you're an adult and you love Sundays and you love school, well, I'm happy to tell you that adult Sunday school is back. You heard me correctly. If you're an adult and you like to be a part of the Sunday school class that is starting next Sunday, September 12th, you can come and meet at nine o'clock in the Aftershock Portable and this class is gonna be held every Sunday morning at nine o'clock to 9.45, and this will be led by Kevin Gasho and Aaron Hartong. I encourage you to make it. You don't wanna miss it. Well, church family, that's all we have for this week's segment of FFM News. Thanks for watching and enjoy the service. Good morning, FFM. Oh, I said good morning. It's good to see you guys, amen? I know it's a holiday weekend, but I'm glad you're here. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for being in the house of God today. Uh, you just heard about Adult Sunday School starting next weekend, uh, next Sunday. See Aaron Hartong for the books. If you have uh, signed up for those books, he's got those. Uh, there's a couple of things that are happening for sure. Um, uh, for that that you're going to want to get ready. Remember, uh, because of Labor Day, uh, like Breno said, the office will be closed tomorrow. Uh, and so those are uh, great things to learn. Also, this coming Wednesday, everybody say this coming Wednesday. Bible college and Bible study start on Wednesday night at 6 p.m., okay? So if you've registered for the Bible college, you need to be here at 6 p.m. We'll try to get started promptly. All the Bible studies, uh, Katie Delholm is going to be handling child care for us. Um, yes, the books for the Sunday school are out by the mailboxes, so you'll have to see him for adult Sunday school. Great. Um, also, there are some new life groups that are starting, and we're trying to put, make a push to get you involved in, into some life groups just because Sunday mornings can be what they are. We want you to stay connected a little bit. One of the new ones is starting. The Sandys are starting. I'm going to invite uh, Mr. Sandy up to come on, give the Lord and him a hand as uh, Mr. and Mrs. Sandy as they come and talk a little bit about one of the, uh, the, the new life groups that's starting that you might be interested in. Amen. My name is Jamie Sandy. Um, this is my wife, Marta. And starting this Wednesday at 6 o'clock, we're going to start a uh, addiction ministry uh, recovery program through the church. We're going to call it Standing Firm in Freedom. 
hence the, we like to play on the firm part. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm looking for people that are going to be leaders, that want to be involved, that want to help, that want to reach out to the, uh, the community. Um, as we all know, this world right now is it's pretty broken, and uh, we need to do what we can do to get out there and, and be a light, be a light in the community and, and people in, in our lives, um, people that work, people you see at the grocery store. Um, don't be afraid to talk to them. Point them our direction. Um, like I said, Wednesday nights at 6. I believe we're going to meet in a portable out here. Um, and I also want to give a big thank you out to Johnny McNall. Um, he's had a vision for this type of thing for a while, and uh, he's going to be my right-hand man in this, and I wouldn't be doing this without him. Um, reach out to him. Reach out to others. And uh, if it wasn't for the glory of God, I wouldn't be standing up here today or my, or my wife. So thank you. Make sure you get a hold of them. If this is something you're interested in, uh, I, I feel really good about the anointing that's on their life for this, and it's going to be great. Another way to care for each other and those things. Uh, sermon notes winner for last week. Now, this week we don't have the actual printed. They're blank, so kids, you'll have to write the title in and all that good stuff this, this week. But last week, Joshua Dale Holm. Let's give Joshua Dale Holm a hand. He's our sermon notes winner from last week. Uh, so we're excited about that. Joshua, see my wife, and she will take care of you. Amen. Who's ready for worship? Come on, stand up in this place. It is so good to be in the house of God. I know it's a holiday weekend, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are camping. And uh, if, if you're camping this weekend and you're tuned in live stream, everybody say, hi, campers. Hi. Amen. We love you guys. Amen. Thanks for sharing the gospel in the campground where you're at. Uh, that's awesome. Looks like it's going to be a great weekend for that. And uh, we just want to press in today and let Jesus be Jesus. Amen. To walk us through life and to talk about where he's taking us, the journey he has us on. And it all begins with where we worship. Amen. How we worship the one who has saved us. Amen. The one who has delivered us. The one who has set us free. And it is for freedom's sake. Amen. That we are free. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Some of y'all need to start praising God, amen, because you don't even realize you're free. You think you're still a slave. You think you're still there. We want to give you permission this morning to celebrate the God who has set you free, amen. The God who lifted burdens and broke chains in this place. This altar is always open. If you want to come do business with God, come. Someone's going to come and minister with you and, and get to the throne room of God. Amen. And seek his touch. And so let's pour our hearts out before the Lord today. Amen. Father, today in this place, we thank you for your good hand. We are here today because of who you are and because of what you did. So in this place today, Lord, we want this to be a time of celebration, a time of joy, a time of receiving your goodness, God, and celebrating who you are. And so fill this place with your presence. The Bible says to us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The Bible says to us that times of refreshing come from the presence of God. And so, Lord, fill this place with your presence. Refresh us for your glory and honor as we celebrate your goodness in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Who's ready to worship?
church. Praise is our response to the goodness of God, but praise must also be our response when the trials come. Praise must be our response when the difficulties come in our lives and in our households. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but your response, let it be praise like this. I can't hold back my praise. I gotta let it out. I can't hold back my praise. I gotta let it out. I can't hold back my lift your voices. I gotta let it out. I can't hold back. Chains break when we praise the name of Jesus. I gotta let it out. I can't hold back my praise. I gotta let it out. I can't hold back my praise. I gotta let it out.
Before we keep going, let's just take a moment right now. Just invite him. Just invite him in this place. Invite him into your heart this morning with confidence. Invite him into your, into your situation, into, in, into your heart with boldness. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne. So before we even keep singing, let us not forget why we're here. We're not here on Sunday morning because it's part of our schedule, but we're here because he's worthy. And how dare we try to keep going in, with our schedule? How dare we try to keep moving forward without taking a moment, to, without fixing our eyes on the one who has given us life, on the one who has set us free, on the one who has given us peace in the craziest storms? He is worthy. He is worthy. Let's just take a moment. Think of how good he has been to you. Think of how amazing our God has been. It may look different for some of us. Maybe for some of you, this is your first time at church. You may not understand what's going on. I just invite you to in invite God into your heart this morning. He loves you. He knows you. He shaped you before your mother's womb. He wants to meet you this morning. If you're here this morning and this is your first time in a while, he's been waiting for you to return. All you got to do is receive him again into your heart. And God, I just pray right now that, that you come and speak to us, that you come and dwell in this place. God, you are welcome in this temple. You are welcome in this sanctuary. And we don't want to keep going without letting you know that you are in authority this morning. And we want you to move, God. The God of the promise. The God of the promise. You are faithful, God. You are faithful, Lord. We worship you this morning, God.
from the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your
shout of praise to our king. Thank you, God. You're worthy.
Mr. Hartong, Aaron Hartong, teacher, dean, coach, been around for a long time, but Thursday night we played school, and uh, a lot of you know it's been a long road for me. Um, 13 years I've coached and taught at Centerville. 
And those first few years I took over, they told us, you know, you won't have football in Centerville anymore. When I took over, you're stupid to take this over. They were doing eight-man stuff. I had three seniors for the first few years. That was it. You know, and God told me there's a mighty work here. Football to be done. You know, and those first years were, on the outside, maybe not so good. You guys were there. But on the inside, there was great fruit. I was, had kids on my porch all the time, on the weekends, at night, pulling fathers who were drunk off the floor, dealing with broken homes, all these things. But after a while, I started to get bitter because I'm waiting for this harvest that was this fruit of the of the visible stuff, and I'm getting beaten and beaten and beaten. I'm like, God, like this is not, it's not happening, right? And so I shirked back in the shadows, right? I said, I got to get out of the light. And so I've hidden. I've been there. I never left, but I've been in the shadows. And Thursday night was the first time I was going to step back on the field. Last week I stayed in the box, even though I'm the defensive coordinator. But I hid in the shadows. But last Thursday, I was told I need to be on the field. And I was in the locker room, and I was breaking inside. And I was overwhelmed. And I had to leave the locker room. And I went in the gym, and I fell on my face. I cried out to God in, the, in that gym. And the goodness of God returned to me. And the promise originally returned to me. And I stood up, and there was fire in my eyes. And if you saw the game Thursday, it had nothing to do with the game, but the fire was lit in my eyes again. And God has a mighty work to do in Centerville and a lot of places, but right now, there's a work to do in Centerville. There's a lot of kids that need us right now. I'm telling you that from my teaching perspective, my dean perspective, my coaching perspective. People are lost. But the fire's there, and I'm telling you right now, the goodness of God was there all along, right? But I let things put that bushel over my life, right? Um, you know, I did my job, and I, I loved my job, it just wasn't the same, but I stood up from that floor and I could feel my eyes burning as that fire was rekindled. So, praise God for his steadfast goodness. The promise returned to me. I love that quote. <laughs> it relates to what I felt like God was sharing with me. Um, so, we are talking about Jesus being the anchor, and in a storm, the anchor keeps you from getting too far off course. The anchor keeps your ship from getting smashed on rocks. And the anchor doesn't do any good sitting in the boat. <laughs> you actually have to throw it in until it sticks. Because you can throw it in and it doesn't stick, and then you're just dragging an anchor. <laughs> um, you throw it in until it sticks, and then it will hold you firm. And But it also has to be tied to the boat. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's like by anchor. <laughs> so... The thing is, is what are you holding on to? Because we say, Jesus is my anchor, and then we're like, Jesus never came through. Um, but what are you holding on to? Are you actually holding on to the promise that came back? Are you in the word to actually get a promise to hold on to? Or are you just like, well, Jesus, you know, I prayed. It takes, the word will stick. Something in your spirit will stick. When God has a promise for your circumstance, it will stick, and it will hold you through. And I know my mom has held on to a promise for like 25, 30 years, and we're finally seeing it come to pass. But it was strong enough to hold her. And you know what? Her promise, I was ready to walk away from because I was like, forget this drama. But then God also spoke to me a promise. And so it has become a family promise that has held our family to see the fulfillment. So I want to encourage you. It's not just, well, I went to church on Sunday. I sang my worship song. Get in the word until something sticks and hold on to that. 
Nothing else. Nothing else. 
just something that breaks loose on earth when we allow our praise to reach heaven. Amen. There's something prophetically that moves in the spirit realm that breaks chains. Amen. That looses strongholds. When in the face of the enemy, you can declare with confidence and faith that yours, come on church, is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory, Lord. And so, Father, in this place, God, rule and reign. Rule and reign, Lord. We stand in submission, God. We stand, Lord, with our hearts bent towards you, Jesus. We say, have your way, Lord. Let your kingdom come on earth. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Let it be done. Father, we, we give you glory. We give you honor. Receive it, God, as a sacrifice for your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Wow, there's something about just voices piercing the darkness. Amen. I just kind of felt prophetically like, Something was breaking through in that moment, amen, uh, as the voices were just piercing through um, to the power of God. Gentlemen, can, can one of you bring me that pulpit, please, sir? Thank you. Um, uh, we want to uh, just remind you as you're getting settled in here and the kids are getting dismissed, thank you very much for um, uh, Children's Church, uh, that the Sandys will be out back for sign-ups uh, for... Uh, their particular life group as they've got some material they have to get around. So if you're planning on joining them, uh, please sign up with them in the foyer. Also, uh, if you missed any of the announcements, you can always go to Facebook and uh, check them out. Help us share the announcements by the video that Breno and the, the media team put together every week uh, so that everyone stays informed. Amen? Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings. 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 2. Let's look at verse 1. Now the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind. And Elijah and Elisha were on their way from, everybody say from, from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to see Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I'll not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you not know that today the Lord will take your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the... The Lord has sent me to Jordan. 
But he said, as the Lord lives and as your, you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of prophet also went and stood at some distance from them. And as they both were standing by the Jordan, 50 men decided, we're going to go watch this thing. We're going to go see just what this is all about. We're going to go see if Elisha really wants what God has for him. We're going to go watch and see if this man can really walk in the supernatural. Then Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the waters, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other till two of them could go over on dry land. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what shall I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, Please! Let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. He said, you've asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me when I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so for you. And as they still went on and talked, behold, the chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, and he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes, tore them into pieces, and he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him when he went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Now remember, here is a man who has never performed a miracle in his life. He has only seen his mentor perform miracles. He has not walked in the supernatural. He has not participated in any way except for following Elijah and watching him do miracles. He's got no confidence. He's got, he's got no experience, I should say, with walking in the supernatural. His only experience is seeing someone else walk in the supernatural. And the Bible tells us that he took a hold of his own clothes, tore them into pieces. This is who I used to be. This is who I used to look like. This is what I used to walk in. This is what I used to live like. I, I don't live that. Y'all not helping me. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen on him and he went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water parted to one side and to the other. And Elisha went over. Let's pray. Father, today, bless us by the reading of the word. Let our ears hear and our heart receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Now, um, this week is an incredible week because I, I've, been, I've been thinking about some of the things, that, in particular in my personal prayer time and just uh, some, some things in particular, some of you who are working through some things that I personally have just been praying over your life, calling your name out. And, I, and just earlier in the week when I was doing that, I thought, Lord, they need a miracle. 
I mean, that's why we call this a miracle, God, because it's beyond ourselves. It's beyond who we are. It's beyond who they are. God, it's beyond our ability to even con- conceive that it can get better. They need, a, they need the miraculous to work. And I, and I begin to pray, and I said, Lord, I know maybe even in their own life, they've never experienced a miraculous. Maybe they've always seen someone else experience it, but they don't even think they're worthy of it. Can you move in their life, God? And God asked me a question. Do you think they really want it? Or are they satisfied with where they are? I'm not, I'm not saying happy, but satisfied. And, and I remembered this portion of scripture because I'm going to start a sermon series soon called Children's Stories. Where I want to take some very familiar stories from the Bible that we call children's stories... And I'm going to show you the depth of God inside of them. But I, I remember this story because this is one of those, the, 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 you know, chariots of fire coming to get Elijah. And every person in this room is on a journey. Some of our journeys have been better than others, right? But let me tell you this. I, I wrote this down because I want you to remember it. Every journey has a destination. Somebody say amen. You, you go on vacation, you got a particular place in mind. Amen? And you start that journey, and you, you've got an idea where you want to end up. Hello, somebody. Uh, I, I told my wife this week, driving around, um, you know, from the, the new house we just moved to, that uh, I've driven on roads, that I, I've lived in Michigan almost uh, 19 years now, I've driven on roads this past week I've, I've, I didn't even know existed. There's a new way to get to Three Rivers. I was like, I never even knew this was here. There is an incredible new way to get to Menden. You know the marathon in Menden that's got that amazing fried chicken? Lord have mercy, I found me a new way. They got them potato logs. Y'all call them wedges. Oh, help me, Jesus. And it's like four miles from my house. This ain't going to be good. You know, it's like Yoder's and hello, somebody. But I still need, I need, because I'm not familiar with this particular area where we just moved to. I, I need the GPS to help me out. And so I have to tell that thing, this is where I'm going. Now, it knows where I'm at. Oh, y'all not helping. I don't have to tell her where I'm at. I have to tell her where I'm going. And then it plots a course. It plots a journey for me to that destination. And if I don't stay on that thing, it says, hey, you rerouting. Now, a lot of us have been in that way because, see, here's what I want you to understand. Every journey has a destination. Come on, somebody. But I want you to grasp more than that, that every journey has a destination, that every destination needs a prepared people. Because you're not the only one going to that place. Oh, y'all. And God is taking us on a journey. And I really want you to understand something without trying to get out out, out and uh, mystical and, and in the mysticism things. But listen, God is taking us on a journey to the supernatural. And just stay with me for a minute. This is a journey that you and I cannot be distracted from. We can't look to the left 
or to the right, but everything on this journey distracts us. That's why you missed the turn. Because you was too busy looking at that big old buck standing right in the edge of that cornfield. And I wonder who's, who's got the camera on him. Thinking, I, who do I need to talk to? Hello, somebody. You get distracted. We get distracted all the time. We don't necessarily even get distracted by good things. Sometimes we get distracted by bad things. Come on, church. We can't allow our attention to be drawn away or drawn aside to be taken off the prize. And I need you to grab something here. I said the miraculous. I didn't say miracle or miracles. God has taken us on a journey to the miraculous. Now, you got to watch this. Right? That's a realm of dominion. That's a realm of authority. It's really a place that God has prepared for every one of his children. You see, here's what we live in because we live in a Western world. We, we like to think of a place that's prepared for us. A place that's been made ready for us. A place that's been ready to receive us. But sometimes, sometimes we ignore the fact that we must also be prepared for the place that we're going. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about life. I said this a few weeks ago. Most born-again believers in the Western world are unprepared to live life. Spiritually, physically, financially, and emotionally. We are unprepared. We spend our life, we spend our effort, we spend our energy focusing on trying to get to our grave comfortable. And, and if anything disrupts our comfort, oh, hello, somebody. If anything disrupts our comfort, if sickness, if disease, come on, church, relationship strife, Come on, church. Financial issues. COVID-19. I mean, come on. If anything disrupts our comfort. I'm talking about the life that God has ordained for every child. I, I, what I'm talking about is learning to live as an overcomer. You can't be an overcomer if there hadn't been everything in front of you to overcome. Come on, college football started yesterday. Every one of y'all piled up in front of the TV cheering for Michigan to beat the Kalamazoo. I was pulling for the Broncos. I ain't gonna lie to nobody. Why? Because right, there's something about overcoming, right? These guys, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're watching all these games. Why are you pulling for your team? Right? Because there's an adversary in front of them, and we want to overcome them. And I don't know about you, but I love the post-game interviews, especially with some of the famous coaches, right? Right? Because a guy like Nick Saban, who will just whoop this, you know what I'm saying? Like, they put 100 points on everybody. He'll get up there and go, man, we got work to do. I mean, like, we got to overcome He's always talking about overcoming the struggle. We've got to overcome the struggle. We've got to overcome the struggle. We've got to overcome the struggle. Watch this. Watch this. This life 
the supernatural aspect of it, we were created to live in. And most live less than that. If you don't like what I'm saying this morning, let me shock you with some good theology. The life that is inside of us is supernatural. If you are a born-again believer, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. That is supernatural, church. Do you understand that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, that's the same Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1. When God said, let us create man in our image, when the Bible opens up and says the Spirit hovered over, come on, church. It's the same. Listen, the life that's inside of us is supernatural. It is absolutely 100% supernatural. And I can prove it to you in Romans chapter 8. The Bible says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he that raised up Jesus from the dead shall also, everybody say also, quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The life that is in us is a supernatural life. We were born for the supernatural. Do you understand that? We were born to contain the supernatural. We were born to carry the supernatural. And we were born to release the supernatural. God says to Adam, go multiply and be fruitful. Carry who I am into all creation. Release the supernatural. Adam, you have dominion over everything. Release it. Now watch this. I feel in my spirit that we're in a crucial time. Everybody say, duh. But I need you to, for a minute to put aside the idea of politics. I need you for a minute to put aside the idea of man's effort. And I need us to all grasp the idea that there's been for too long the church has accepted, has accepted and celebrated and rejoiced in the fact that we live in the last days. And then when all chaos breaks loose, I almost said a different word, we start whining, I don't want to live in the last days. What do you think it was going to look like? And it's time for us as believers, born-again believers, to rise up and claim our heritage, who we are, the supernatural walking on earth. We are in a war. Let me help you out, Christians. You were born into a war between heaven and hell, between light and darkness. You were born into this thing not to be a spectator, but to choose a side. Why do you think Ephesians chapter 6 is so prevalent? Come on. You don't put on armor because you go into a pageant show. A suit of armor can weigh 200 plus pounds. You, you don't put it on just because you want to walk around in something shiny. You put it on because you anticipate you're going to get whacked. We are in a battle. 
Our battle, Ephesians chapter 6, is not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. This cannot be fought in the natural church. It must be fought with spiritual weapons. It must be fought in the realm of the spirit. It's not by power, nor by might, says the Lord, but it's by my spirit. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Jesus said, behold, I give you power to tread on scorpions and snakes. He says, in my name you shall cast out devils. It's a New Testament scripture. What are you talking about, Pastor Don? You mean there's some devils loose? You better bet. Just open your eyes. There's a devil loose. Man, I'm telling you what, sometimes you get in a situation and I just look at my wife and go, man, there's a demon running around here. You shall cast out demons in my name. You shall speak in new tongues. Oh, I know somebody's going to get violated by that. And you need to understand something. A new tongue is not an old tongue. It's a, it's a, new, it's a new tongue. I, I got some stuff for you in Corinthians on the gifts of the Spirit. You shall speak in new tongues. That's what he said. It's right there in the Bible. You shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Let me tell you something right now, church. I don't know. The early church knew that if they were going to impact their culture, if they were going to impact their society, they were going to have to operate in the supernatural. Can I say this to you with all the love? Some of y'all need to seek the gifts of the Spirit. Everything is ordered by the Word of God. Hello, somebody. And you, you better believe that if something's out of order and out of government of the Word of God, the elders of this church will call it out. But when the Bible says you all may prophesy, some of y'all need to speak what God is speaking to you. When the Bible says pray in the Spirit, some of y'all need to press in. Amen? Why are we ashamed of what the Scripture has given to us as a gift? Come on, church. Listen to Acts chapter 4. And now the Lord beheld their threatenings and, and, and grant unto thy servants all the boldness that they may see the word by the word, by the stretching forth of thy hand to heal, that the signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus Christ. In verse 31 it says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. It's time for the church to speak up. Everybody else has been talking. Come on, everybody else has been talking. Everybody else has been talking. I just, you know, here's where I'm at. And the people that we're listening to talk don't even make any kind of sense. Uh, Texas just signed a new abortion law, and it got upheld. And, and one famous celebrity tweeted out this week. This is what she said. I'm just going to say it. Y'all young people, pay attention because this is just real life. She said, I think every woman are to withhold having sex from men until they give us the right to have abortions. And I'm like, wait a minute. You just fixed the problem. If you ain't married, don't be having sex with men. You won't have unwanted pregnancies. 
These people are idiots, and we're listening to them. I'm reading this, and I'm going, I am not an educated man. I'm just a country boy who likes to hunt alligators and wild hogs, and I can figure out you need Jesus. The spokesman for the White House gets up and criticizes someone because, hey, you're not a man, so you don't know what it's like. Do you understand that just weeks ago they were promoting the fact that men can have babies now? I would like to hold that article up. You just read this article and said men can have babies. Now you're criticizing a guy who says, what about this? I don't get it. The church needs to speak up because the Bible says, woe unto them, it calls right, wrong, and wrong, right. Somewhere there needs to be a standard. Somewhere there needs to be a people who stands up and says, I'm on a journey to the supernatural, and your craziness ain't going to distract me. Yeah. Die of this mess. Now, I know I'm going to get some emails, and that's all right. You just remember, everything can and will be used in a sermon. <laughs> the Bible says that by the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were wrought among the people. Now, let's get back to the text here because I think this is important. I, I think this is important. Elijah was not just casually by random going to these cities. It was strategic planning and the process to prepare Elisha. See, too much of your life has been spent just casually walking through life. Casually experiencing. Come on, church. Casually going through the motions. And we haven't, we haven't stopped to process it right now. Every part of the journey is a strategic plan by God to prepare me for where he wants me to be. If we actually thought that way, we wouldn't put our hand to stuff that distracts us. If we actually thought that way, we'd live differently every day. If we actually thought that way, we'd make a whole lot more different choices. Young people, if you actually believe that every step you were taking, that God was preparing you for the destination he has for his glory to use you in the supernatural, you'll be fooling around with all that mess. you got a prize where God is taking you and what God... I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about now. This world desperately needs world changers, planet shakers. The leadership is not coming from politics. It's going to come from the church. And there's a world that's watching. I'm going to prove it. Elijah knew his time was almost up, so he's got to take Elisha, the man who he knows is going to succeed him, up, up to the point, amen, to see the miraculous and the supernatural. But see, because Elisha had not done them at all yet, he had not ever done one. And so Elijah knew that for him to succeed, he was going to have to become personally acquainted with the miraculous. I'll never forget the, the times Pastor Rick took me with him. I'll never forget the times when Pastor Rick said, you go stand in the corner and pray, and don't close your eyes. You better watch. 
I'll never forget the times Pastor Rick invited me into an elders meeting and wouldn't let me sit at the table. You, you're not an elder. You don't get to sit at the table. You sit in the corner and take notes. How many times I got set in the corner? He took me. And I'll never forget the one day when he took us to the hospital and said, he sat down in the corner with a newspaper. He had it under his arm. He sat down in the corner. I've never seen this happen before. And he said, go pray for them. Pray, pray for who? I told you we were going to pray for sick people. We're in a hospital, right? Yes, sir. All these people are sick. Go pray for them. Pray for who? He said, start on the first door on the right. Go all the way down the hall. Come all the way back up the left side. When you're done, come and get me. Come on, church. When we walked in that first door, you know why I had confidence to lay my hands on someone and pray? Not because I'd ever done it before, but because I had done it. Come on, I had seen it done by my mentor. And let me tell you, well, here's what I said. My pastor asked me to come and pray for you. And the miracles we saw. Oh, my goodness. That Sunday night at church, you could ask my wife and my daughter. Boy, it was hopping. Holy Ghost, feel that place. Elijah is taking Elisha on the same journey. Now, let me prove it to you, right? Because he needed to be personally acquainted with the miraculous. Gilgal, the Bible says that's where they were at. You know what it means? Y'all not ready. You know what it means? Y'all not ready. Breno, hold on. It means the heel of foreskins. Every man in the room just took a deep breath. <laughs> mm. We don't want to go there. But see, Gilgal is a place where the flesh gets cut away. Oh, come on, church. It's the place of the cutting away of the flesh, the rolling away of reproach. Come on, church. And uh, 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 Elijah looks at Elisha and says, hey, you can just stay here if you want to. And Elijah, had a, he had a decision to make. Is this good enough? My mentor has said this is good enough. Is this good enough? Is this all I want? God has done a work in my life. Is this all I want? He had a decision to make. And the Bible says, he looks at him and says, no, 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 I'm going with you. And so the next town they went to was Bethel, which means the house of God, the, the house of bread. Now watch this. Bethel is a place where Jacob saw the vision of the ladder. Come on. And, and it's, the, it's the first time where he really saw like angels descending and, and ascending into heaven and those things. And so he called it heaven's gate, right? And so Bethel actually means it's a time where we can actually embrace and understand communion and actual fellowship with God. If Elisha had stayed at just the cutting away of the flesh, he'd have never experienced communion and fellowship with God. Is this enough? Because Elijah says, hey, it's good enough. Sit right here. Man, got you. Man, God's dealt with your heart and your life. Cut away all that old stuff. Here we go. And now you understand that God wants to have communion and fellowship. You've seen it. You've seen it. God wants to have communion and fellowship. You can stay right here if you like. Speaks of intimacy and relationship with God. There you are, Elisha. That's good enough. Intimacy and relationship with God. But then, then he says, no, 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 I'm going on. They go to Jericho. Oh, boy. Jericho, children's story, come on. 
Jericho means the fragrance of faith. Overcoming by faith. Come on, can you smell victory? Oh, The Bible says, by faith, the walls of Jericho came down and were compassed about seven days. By faith. Come on. And there he gets to understand, right, that victory is his, that there's an overcoming power of God in his life to face even the thing that seems impossible to overcome, the walls of Jericho. Come on, church. And if he had just stopped at his intimate relationship with God, he'd have never walked into the overcoming power of God to the impossible obstacles of his life. But there's Elijah, and Elijah says, Hey, 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 you can stay here now. Look, man, you're an overcomer now. Oh, man, God's dealt with your flesh. Come on, you got a personal, intimate relationship with God, and you're an overcomer. Just, just wait till Jesus comes back. He says, No, 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 I'm going to, I'm going with. And they find themselves at Jordan. Now, I don't know how you interpret the scripture. I'll just write my commentary. Jordan speaks of death. But it means much more than that. It, it, it represents a dividing line. Something that must be crossed. You're either on this side or that side. You're just on this side or that side. It's that place where it's a decision. It's a defining line. It's right there. And I believe this very line that we stand on as the body of Christ today, I believe that that is where we are at. It's a dividing line between the flesh and the spirit. Jordan represents a place where you either step into the supernatural or you sink into the flesh. It was the Jordan River where the axe floated. It was the Jordan where Naaman would either die of leprosy or miraculously be, come on church. It was the Jordan that supernaturally divide, divided as the barefooted priest bearing the ark stepped into the water. Come on church. See, some of y'all feel like each place is good enough. And you stop short. You've been, you've been there. You've seen some things, but you've stopped Short, Jordan is a place where the supernatural becomes natural. It's a place where you begin to live that lifestyle. It's a proving ground. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You see, we view all the things in our life as it is what it is. That's our attitude. My dad was an alcoholic, so I'm an alcoholic. My family's always been poor, so I'm always going to be poor. My family's always been sick, so I'm always going to be sick. I got beat as a kid, so I want to beat my... Come on. Oh, I just hurt some feelings right there. I know I did. I, I've lived in dysfunction all my life. I, look at me. I'm fine. They'll be fine. It is what it is. Come on, church. It is what it is. We just walk through life that way. And everything comes in and we think that's the way to handle stuff. That's the way to deal with it. It is what it is. It just is. I got prodigals out there. They're never coming home. It is what it is. Come on, church. You know what I'm saying? I got bad relationships everywhere. It is what it is. I, I just, my marriage has always been since day one. It is what it is. Got time for them? Ain't nobody got time for that. 
It is what it is. And we're just willing to sit down and say, that's our attitude. It is what it is. And you don't, you don't realize that you aren't just casually going through life, church. You're not casually moving through this earth. Good or bad, your journey in the life, in the life that you live is God's way of preparing you for his use on this earth. If God did not intend to use us regardless of what we go through, the preacher just well held us under when we got baptized until the bubble stopped coming off. Don't look at me like that because a couple of y'all have suggested when some of your families got baptized, pastor, just hold them down a little longer. Some stuff still needs to be washed off of them. A good soak won't hurt them, preacher. You know. Elijah was taking Elisha on a journey. Come on, church. Elijah smites the Jordan with his mantle, and it splits in front of him wide enough for the two of them to cross. That's what it says. Just wide enough for the two of them to cross. I love this. I love this. Woo! Can you see those 50 prophets standing there going, we knew he came for a reason. Watch him do his thing. Boom, he hits that water. Just wide enough for two of them to cross. They get on the other side. Come on, church. And as they walk together, chariots and horses of fire and a whirlwind separated between Elijah and Elisha. See, up until that time, Nothing could separate those two. It was the supernatural. Hello, church. Remember, Jordan is a proving ground. It's the dividing line. See, Jordan's where you find out if you've been listening. Oh, come on, church. Jordan's where you find out if you've been watching. You've been paying attention? You've been paying attention? You see, for me, it was Shipley Hospital, second floor. Stepping out of an elevator and watching my mentor sit down on the couch and look at us and say, You've been watching? You've been paying attention? Come on, church. That was that moment. I'll never forget it. You've been watching? You've been paying attention? This is your Jordan. There it is. It's the hallway. You're going to cross it or not? You're going to go do it or not? You're going to obey God or not? You're going to walk in the miraculous or not? Jordan's where you've developed your own personal communion and relationship with the Lord. Jordan is where we find out if we've learned how to walk by faith and not by sight. Jordan is the place of transition. It's the place where Elijah left and where Elisha stepped into dominion. Now, it's just Elisha and God. Come on, church. And this is the place where we have all come. Ultimately, it's about your relationship with God. Where are you at with Jesus? Come on, church. Have you settled? This is good enough. Have you compromised? That keeps you from going further? Have you decided that you want everything God wants for you? Or have you decided that it's okay to live in Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho? You can't imagine what's next. Come on, church. 
You can't imagine what's next. Now, Elijah is swept into heaven, and I love how Elisha picks up Elijah's mantle. Fifty sons of the prophets are watching to see what? It wasn't like they hadn't seen the miraculous. They're the sons of the prophets. It wasn't like they hadn't seen the glory of God move in powerful ways. They weren't there to see another miracle. See, son, there's some people who come to church for the wrong reasons altogether. We're just going to see if God, if God will bless me. Right here I am, God bless me if you can. You just walk in here, and we walk in churches all across the Western world to see, to see if there's more power in, in, in worship than there is in the light switch. To see, come on church, to see if this thing is real or not. We come to see all of these things, but that's not what the 50 sons of prophets came to see. They didn't come to see another miracle. They had seen plenty. They had come to see what Elisha would do. Tell, ask me how I know. Just read your Bible. How many times did they ask him? Hey, don't you know what's about to happen? They, were, they prophesied the miracle was coming. They knew the chariots of fire was coming. It wasn't about the chariots of fire. They could care less about that. They wanted to know if Elisha wanted what Elijah had. They were watching to see if Elisha was qualified to wear the mantle. Because, see, that mantle represented Elijah's relationship with God. It represented his supernatural. You see what I'm saying? Like, Elijah raised the dead. Elijah called down fire from heaven. Elijah caused rain to cease for three and a half years. And then all of a sudden, one day, he decides to turn the faucet on. Elijah called down fire from heaven upon kings and soldiers. Elijah parted the Jordan. Elijah went to heaven in a whirlwind of fire. Now the journey has reached its destination. Listen to me, church, young or old, good or bad, strong or weak, healthy or sick, rich or poor, every journey has a destination. Every journey has a destination. And I, and I thought, I've thought a lot about this, especially, you know, next Sunday, the eldership team's getting together to start planning some more about our, our October 25th celebration. Put, put it on your calendar. Please be here that Sunday. Because every journey's got a destination. Watch this. Elisha, you had many chances to turn around, yet you've come to this place. Elisha, you could have settled. They were all good places. But you wanted more. You wanted everything. You wanted the same power operating in your life that you saw operating in Elijah's. Now Elisha has the mantle. But does he have the power? Now, Elisha has the position. But does he have the power? Sons of prophets are watching from a distance. 
What is Elisha going to do? The world is watching from a distance. What are you going to do? They know where you're at. They know what you're going through. They know what you're dealing with, my church. They know who you are. You live in the community you live in. They know whether you're a Christian or not. You're not going to put the Ten Commandments on your... Come on. They know where you go to church. Your workers, your co-workers, they know. My wife and I just moved out to the, to the river, a little, a little place, that's been, and it's, it's right on a peninsula. They call it the point out there. And uh, Thursday evening, there was a couple of guys who came over. They, they, had, uh, they had been already participating in some liquid fun. And uh, Greg, Greg and Tex, uh, they, were, they were great guys. I don't know their last names. Um, they knocked on our door, and they were like, hey, it's Labor Day weekend here out on the point. The whole community gets together. We have a live band and food, and backyards are all open over there on the east side of the peninsula, and, and people just come and hang. We want to invite you. Like, they know I'm a pastor. Well, great, we'll come Saturday night. We're going to come. And, and I just, I want to admit, right, 2.30 Saturday afternoon, I was exhausted. I have done, I, my wife and I both said, that's it. No more. I don't care what's left. We're sitting down. And so we watched the Alabama game. And that game was over. And my wife looked at me. She said, we're going over there. And I'm just telling you, right, I was feeling comfortable. <laughs> I knew that the Georgia Clemson game was coming on. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think, I'm just Man, I don't know. I don't think I want to. And all of a sudden, the doorbell rang. Two more guys showed up. I got up and walked over there, and they were like, hey, we just we know you're new in town. And one of those guys I know knows I'm a pastor. And they're standing there with their beers, and we want to invite you over. Come and meet the neighborhood. I said, I'm going to be right there. My wife and I went over, we spent a couple of hours just hanging out with people. I had my orange sun-kissed. Now sipping on it real slow. Walking around talking to people. Hanging out. They know. They know who you are. And they're going to make their judgment based on what you do. I was like, you better bet if they invited me over to their party. I'm going to come. And I'm going to sing, because they had that live band there around the river. They were singing Boston and Eagles and Kansas. They were singing all that. I was like, this is great. (laughs) They know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They know you're going through sickness. They know you're going through financial problems. They know you're going through marital problems. They know you've got some prodigals. They know, come on church, they know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? See, Elisha could have walked on that day and left that mantle on the ground. There was never a requirement for him to pick it up. But he picked it up, church, and he went back to that same river that they had just barely walked through. They had just barely walked through. And the Bible says that he took off that cloak and he hit that water and the Bible Bible says that it opened up from one side to the other. The water rolled back. Oh, church, when he struck it with a mantle, he graduated into the supernatural.
Come on, church, when he struck it with the mantle, he stepped into the supernatural and the dimension of God. The Jordan waters parted, and he walked across the same water that the dry ground he had just a few minutes ago strolled across. The 50 sons of prophets, they recognized it immediately. There it is, there it is, there it is. Elisha doesn't just walk like Elijah. He doesn't just have the mannerisms of Elijah. He doesn't just sound like Elijah. Now he's walking where Elijah walked. Oh! Mm. They said, the spirit of Elijah doth now rest upon Elisha. Come on, church. Church, that is the journey that you and I are on. And let me tell you something. There's a lost world who's watching us. They are watching us. They're watching everything you go through. My question to us is, are we ready for that? Do you want the overcoming power of God? Are you willing to sit in comfort? Because sometimes the choice is yours. It's not about your salvation. Come on, church. That's a finished work. This is about how we live and walk out our salvation on earth. This is how about how we let the supernatural that we all agree lives inside of us work in our hearts and lives. And with every struggle and every wrestling, come on, church. They're watching. They're watching. And if you don't believe me, ask them. Ask them. Are you willing to say yes to God? Are you willing to say yes to God? That you want to walk and live in the supernatural? Listen, we've got to stop worrying about how we go out. Why do I care how I go out? I need to care about what I'm doing on the way to going out. Well, I live to be an old man or I die tomorrow. The testimony needs to be the Spirit of God was on him. And here's how we know. We watched. We watched. I'm standing in that neighborhood yesterday. And, I, and I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I asked the Lord... Which one am I going to get to pray for first? Which one's going to show up on my door and go, Pastor Don, can you pray for me? Which one, Lord? That one? That one? Oh, there he goes right there. I got him. I got him, Lord. I was just doing it, man. I was just like, here, Lord, forgive me. I didn't want to get up and go because I was... Man, this is good enough, Lord. Look at my view while I watch a football game. Are you kidding me? Why am I get up and go over there? Which one, Lord? Which one do I get to lead to you first? How about that one? How about this one? How about all the names that I put in my mind, right? They introduced themselves and I would repeat their name like three times, right? I'm just, who, how about you? But Oscar and Larry and Greg and Tex, 
There's Tegan, Aaron. How about Kim? I, I could go on. How about Shirley and James? And how about Ann? Which one, Lord? Which one's first? Because I got the mantle. Come on. I, I don't want to sit and be comfortable. I admit, I admit, I admit that that's the temptation, isn't it? Ooh, this couch is so comfortable. After all, I towed it all the way down that stupid hill. All I want to do is sit in it. Stand with me in this place. God has something for you. See, overcoming, he's not being distracted. And some of you have been satisfied with comfort, even if that comfort comes from horrible things, addictions, abuse, neglect. Come on. Come on. You've been given bad news of some sort. It is what it is. Why bother? God's brought us this far. Come on, church. God's brought us this far. What if I were to tell you there's more? And what if it's not about how you go out? Come on, church. If it's not, who, who in this room's going out with chariots and horses of fire? Come on, church. Who, who's doing that? Maybe some of us would be like Elisha. That the Bible declares, even though he walked in the double portion, dies of a sickness. I, I don't, I'm not prophesying that. I'm just saying, why do we worry about that? Be a good steward. Hello, somebody. Be, be a good steward. The Bible promises me that God knows the number of my days. It's appointed unto man wants to die and then. God knows the number of my days. My business is to be about his business in those numbers. And that's what I want to say to the Lord every day, Lord. Remember that prayer I had standing at the point party? Which one? That's the one. I, 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 I'm not going to admit, I stood right there and said, I picked one myself. Now, God might have a different one. But I picked one. I said, that's the one I want first. Why? I admit because I thought that was the one who had the most influence in the community. I hung out with him all night. We talked about hunting. We talked about everything he wanted to talk about. And I'm like, Lord, that's the one because he has great influence in this community. That's the one I want. God may give him to Doug. And then I'll be mad. <laughs> you know how it is. You invite somebody to church you've been working on for months, maybe years. And they finally come to church. You're like, oh, God, I'm so excited. They're at church. I've been working on for years. Here they finally are during worship. Doug goes over there and prophesies something. And Doug leads them to the Lord. I'm like, that, that, that was mine. <laughs> some plant, some water, some harvest. Come on, church. Come on, I want you to walk in something. It's not, it is what it is. Come on, I, I plan on walking through a greater hole than I walked through to get here. Come on, let's pray that together. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, 
I want to pray for us all. Lord, let your glory fall in this place. Help us to not settle for less. Help us to go beyond Gilgal. Help us to go beyond Bethel. Help us to go beyond Jericho, God. Help us to cross the water, the dividing line of Jordan, God. Help us, God, as we walk into things, God, good or bad, to see that the journey has a destination and the miraculous is to prove who you are, God. I pray for this church. Let the supernatural be the natural. Let it be the norm. Let the sick get healed. Let the captive be set free, God. Let the chains be broken. Let the lost be found. Help us, God, to pick one. Yes, Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. Sometimes you plant us right next door. You don't even know glory you want to reveal we don't we don't even understand the glory you want to portray let your anointing flow from our hearts and lives so father we want to lift you up and give you glory and give you honor come on church I was up on stage earlier this evening or this afternoon here and um, I was nervous. I'm nervous now, um, but during the service here, pastors opened my eyes a little bit and maybe gave me a little more confidence and I've got a word for the men and the women in here. We need to move like the song just said. I mean, it's, it's prophetic right there. We all know somebody that needs help. We all know somebody that's addicted to something, no matter what it is, we can overcome that. And I challenge all of you, men and women, to reach out. You want to you get involved in the church? Come get involved in the recovery program. Um, whew, this is powerful stuff. So I challenge all of you. It doesn't have to be what it is. I come from generational curses my father, his father, his brothers, my uncles, aunts, grandparents. I struggled for 42 years of my life with those curses because I wore them. Just like the pastor started, tear it off. 
tear off the cloak, start something new, and be an inspiration. Let's break generational curses. Thank you. satisfied until we receive every bit of who you are you have us all on a journey and God I pray that our, our hearts will be set that that, in, that journey God in, in every aspect is one where the miraculous is released and forgive us God for anticipating what that looks like 
God, it's just as miraculous for someone to come to Christ because they see us suffer well. It's just as miraculous, Lord, for someone to come to Christ because they see us living passionately for you as it is for you to cure cancer and raise the dead. God, help us to embrace the miraculous in every aspect of who it is. We know you will raise the dead. We know you will heal the sick. In this room today, God, we also know you will save the lost. Do the miraculous, God. Do it through us, your people, who are prepared and being prepared for the destination. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Turn around and tell someone you're on a destination. You're on a journey. 